Hello and welcome to the Course in the Chaos podcast. I am Blake Labry. I'm joined tonight, of course, as always, with Jack Lee. But as you've probably noticed, if you're watching our video feed, we are missing our beloved Grayson Gilbert. Mm. Uh, caught up in a uh, ice storm. The doctors tried their best to save him. And he's going to be perfectly fine. So, no, he's just, his internet is down uh, because of that big ice storm in Wisconsin uh, that hit. So probably, maybe some of you uh, will have been experiencing that same thing. Uh, so Grayson ice storm. Will, yeah, the ice, ice storm. storm. Yeah. We're doing scare quotes. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no place to talk there because where I live, um, if there's a rumor of snow, everything gets shut down. So, Oh, here, here too, man. Yeah. In Oklahoma, like, Oh yeah. In fact, yeah. in fact, it was it two or three weeks ago. We got, I don't know, three, four inches of snow and a little bit of sleet. Right. But the temperature just stayed right below freezing for like a week. So it, literally right. school was out for a week. Everything was yeah. shut down. Like no one knows what to do when it's right. Right. That's what happens. Abnormal. That's what happens when we get that kind of weather yeah. as well. Anyway, enough about us. Let's talk about the podcast. Uh, brief reminder, uh, for those of you who are joining us uh, right now, uh, we would love for you to follow uh, the podcast on various platforms. That will send notifications uh, to your phone. If you follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, some things like that. And it would also really help us out if you would leave us a review. Now, we had a rather, uh, we had a rather pointed review mm. then this last week. And... Um, it actually, uh, we were kind of talking about it from a marketing standpoint. We couldn't have done better ourselves on this on this review. So this is our new favorite review. Uh, it is a one star out which, of five. Well, yeah, which on Apple is the lowest you can give. Right, this, well, as you will hear in the review, our reviewee, rev reviewer, sorry, we're the reviewee, yeah. reviewer wishes he could give a lower score. Yeah, yeah. Him, yeah. he, she, they, reviewer. Yeah. Uh, who dubs themselves Concerned Bible Scholar. Okay. Mm. This is the review from Concerned Bible Scholar before we jump in. Would give zero stars if that was an option. This podcast and the social media account associated with it promote a toxic form of legalism and fundamentalism. It's everyone's favorite F word, right? <laughs> <laughs> that ins that insists that the Bible is inerrant, and anyone who disagrees is immoral. Mm. They ignore, get this, three centuries of valid <laughs> biblical scholarship, <laughs> and instead promote a relatively modern view, inerrancy. Furthermore, they promote a lot of doctrines that have been shown to be harmful. They mm. oppose women in ministry. True. They question or deny the Christianity of LGBTQ plus people. Also true. They guilt trip people about church <laughs> attendance. I would, now I that I that find, one. now that I find <laughs> offensive and they preach human depravity. Very true. There's a lot of gaslighting, stonewalling, bypassing, directed against Christians who disagree with their particular, narrow, reformed brand of Christianity. In summary, I'd say Chorus in the Chaos is one of the worst resources out there because it popularizes an extreme 
fundamentalist vision of Christianity that is rigid, unreasonable, and often anti-intellectual. <laughs> they also block accounts who push back on them. Signed, concerned Bible scholar. Uh, the feedback on that comment, frankly, was incredible. We we got some good we got some good laughs out of it. Yeah, if if you're hearing this and you haven't seen our been to our Facebook page, you should go there and read the comments. Just scroll down into because we posted the review, just because it was a little amusing to us. Because in some ways, it's like, well, that should to us, that's like a five star review. <laughs> like, yeah, basically, you're calling us Christian. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll own that. Yeah, we believe in an error. That makes me want you know, to follow these- a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Concerned Bible Scholar. Uh, we genuinely yes. appreciate your one-star review. Um, yeah. So much yeah. so do, we felt it worthy to read it on here. So but, Yeah, do better, Jack. Do better. Yeah, I'll do better. Yeah. But, yeah. okay, so on to the topic. So um, it's a shame Grayson isn't here because I knew he'd have a lot of good things to say about this yeah. topic. And um, we're going to talk about be talking about killing sin. You know, as we continue through... This um, season theme of common struggles of the Christian life, we've talked about a number of different things. Most recently, uh, building and finding and building biblical community with Barnabas Piper, who joined us last episode. That was great. Uh, but this 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 episode, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about mortifying sin um, and the importance and why it's a struggle for Christians. And mm-hmm. Blake, I'll just kind of open up for for you know thoughts from you. Um, why do you think? mortifying or killing the sins of the, putting to death the sins of the flesh is such a hard thing for, for Christians. Well, so you've got the, well, you've got the aspect of indwelling sin, yeah. which is just the fact that it's there in the battle of, uh, you know, against the flesh. Um, but then furthermore, it's a, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably touch on this, that it's a lifelong battle. Yeah. And so I think any trial and we might've mentioned this before at other podcasts in other, you know, circumstances, uh, but any trial, if you, if you see the end of it, it's easier, right? Like you can get through like, okay, this is a difficult season, but I see the end of the difficult season. Therefore I can, you know, kind of muscle through, uh, but your responsibility as a Christian to mortify sin is a lifelong battle. And it's a right. battle that you can't let up on. Right? You can't, you know, kick your feet up and take a vacation. Uh, it is a constant battle uh, that is there. Furthermore, it is a battle that is only won by the Holy Spirit, which is something else we'll get into, yep. um, which has, you know, its own, you know, nuances and things when it comes to it. So uh, this is a battle that every Christian must face. So we see that multiple times in scripture. It's a lifelong battle and it is a difficult battle. Very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think, you know, not, not to, to go into stories. I don't think we need to do that. Cause I, I imagine anyone who's listening to this or most people who are listening to this can think of personal anecdotes where you've seen sin destroy someone's life. Right. right. Um, it, maybe the one thing I'll point out just cause it's, particularly relevant in our culture is celebrity pastors, right? And not to single anyone out because I don't want to do that. But we, if you've paid attention to any any celebrity pastor in the modern kind of general media news circuit in the past decade, right. chances are you've come across some story where you've heard of some moral failure of a 
well-known celebrity pastor or something, right? And right. Some sort tragic. of scandal. Yeah. yeah some there's sort some of scandal, you know, attached. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like, I don't know, every, every other year, something like that comes out and it's tragic. It's right. absolutely tragic. And not that this is, is isolated to pastors. Um, I'm just pointing them out because they tend to get the news headlines, but sure. sin for Christians and non-Christians alike, sin destroys lives. And mm-hmm. if you don't learn how to put to put to death the deeds of the body, it's going to be a tough road. Tough right. Road. In fact, Romans right. eight thirteen to kind of jump into scripture here says, "If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live." And mm-hmm. kind of some opening thoughts there. You know, mortification of the flesh. We should know that it's rooted in our justification. It's a fruit of true life, being indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And as that verse says, you know, if you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The, mm-hmm. the promise of doing this, the promise of mortifying, the end is eternal life. Right. And, uh, Blake, I think you mentioned as believers, it's our duty. We're mm-hmm. commanded to do it. Um, we should do it. It's, it's, a, it's a thing we need to commit our lives to. Right. Um, and you know, if – go ahead. You know, I think and one of the things – and you have it noted here, and I think it's so, so important to bring out – is that so often we are caught up in like, I want to have a joyful life. Like who doesn't want to have a happy life and a joyful life? And one of the things that scripture links is joy and mortification of sin. Yeah. And so, and, and, and oftentimes those things are, you know, juxtaposed in our minds. Like, well, if, if, you know, I'm constantly against this war against sin and how can I possibly be happy? Like even in trials and in difficult times and in things like that. And yet that's the promise that we see again and again, that a joyful walk with Christ depends on. So a joyful walk with Christ is a, a, a good thriving relationship with Christ. And if you want to have a good thriving relationship with Christ, you must be killing sin. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Romans eight or earlier in that chapter, Romans eight, eight says, uh, basically those in the flesh, those living in the flesh, Mm -hmm. not in the spirit cannot Mm -hmm. please God. Right. Like to go. So you want to talk about joyful walk with Christ and being, having peace with God and such things like, right. Be mortifying right. sin, or as our as well, I'm sure it'll get said many times. <laughs> Everyone knows what's coming. Yeah, you right. need to be ki- be killing sin, or it will be killing you. I think yeah. I didn't say that actually quite right. <laughs> killing sin. Be I'm killing sure we'll get sin it right. Sin one will of the be next... killing you. Yeah, yeah. Is that the that might be the abridged Owen? Yeah, whatever uh, version. The, the, yeah, yeah, the short Owen. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, I think the yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think the. Um, Another another aspect of it is that it is for a Christian to be mortifying sin. It is such a key component of who you are as a Christian that if you are not mortifying sin, you may not actually be in the faith. Yeah, and one of the things that Paul brings out in Romans, you know, again and again, particularly in Romans eight, where which is so much to do with assurance, you know, the assurance and sanctification of the believer. There's kind of those positive and negative, you know, aspects as, as you look at that chapter. But one of the things that Paul brings out clearly, of course, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is Christians mortify. Like yeah. it's not an option. It's not. It's not extra credit. It's not the. It's not just for the super Christian or for the pastor. Uh, it's for every believer. You know, young, old, black, white, rich, poor, male, female. Uh, you know, whatever. 
it's been the it's been the it's been a requirement of the Christian yes. life, I guess you could yes. say. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Blake, I'm gonna say what you said again just to to kind of underline it. Yeah. If you listener, and I'm not saying this to this is not like Brimstone and fire preacher. Is this one of those toxic forms of legalism and fundamentalism? (laughs) Yes. Concerned biblical scholar, cover your ears. You may not like this. Um, If if you listen, or if you are not more actively mortifying sin, if you are not fighting sin in your life, if you are not working and strategizing and doing things, working to kill sin in your life, you genuinely might not be in the faith. Right. And, and I say that not as a, condemning thing, but as an encouraging thing to spur you on. Um, in fact, I'll say this much. If, if, um, if you, anyone out there has read, and I'm going to hold it up here cause I've got it. Uh, so if you're listening, you can't see it, but I'm holding up, whoops, I'm holding up the mortification of sin by John Owen, which so we're going to look at scripture as our primary thing. This book the, will get uh, referenced yeah. a lot. The, and I, I abridged I think, and yeah, and made easy. I, I was going to say, yeah, abridged for the modern reader. Rarely yeah. do I recommend uh, abridged writing, but I always recommend abridged writing with Owen for Mister Owen. Yes, yeah, always. Um, I actually read the non-abridged because I've read the abridged before. I found yeah. the PDF version on Modernism.com yeah. for free yeah. mm-hmm. of the non-abridged. It was actually quite good. So. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying it's not good. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm just saying the abridged condenses each chapter down yes. to one page and you get the uh It is certainly essence. much more di- yeah. digestible, yeah. <laughs> right. Less so. impressive, but it's more digestible. <laughs> yes, so. you'll understand it. You know. Yeah, right. Um, all right, well, let's, let's, let's move on a little bit. So quickly, what is sin? I think everyone, I hope, would have an, a sense of what that is, but... Right. In, in the spirit of completeness, what is sin? You know, I, I quote in here, me being the token Presbyterian, the <laughs> Westminster Shorter Catechism, 14th question, what is sin? The response, sin is any want of conformity to or transgression of the law of God. And mm-hmm. I, that's the end quote. And I'll add for clarity, that, in, that includes sins of commission and omission, meaning commission, meaning things that you actually do that violate God's law. Right. And omission, th- meaning things that you should be doing that, that you're, you're not, not doing. doing. Yeah. Right. So both of those apply. Uh, so, yeah, what is sin? I think that that's what it is. Um, there's a lot of ways we can sin. I think if you're spent any time in the Bible, uh, spend any time reading reading Romans, you'll see this. I mean, basically, if you look at just the Old Testament, the Old Testament is basically a manual of how God's people sin. Like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the Bible does, uh, in in a masterful, beautiful way, the law and scripture shows us our sin, that we sin constantly. Uh, yeah. Paul in Romans 7 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability yeah. to carry it out. Right. You know, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is my flesh. Yeah. Um, and, and Blake, you mentioned this as it relates to sin. Um, despite de- Christ's death on a cross, sin has been defeated, but indwelling sin remains mm-hmm. and fights the spirit. And that's, that's what we've got to, uh, to put to death. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't want to get too much into it, I'm, I'm sure some people are, you know, going to be thinking on like, well, you know, the difference between, you know, the flesh and indwelling sin and the distinctions there. And that's not really what we're 
trying to get at. Uh, what we're getting at is, again, just that that aspect, whether you call it the flesh, whether you call it indwelling sin, whatever the uh, thing is, is you know what it is. It's, yeah. it's the sin that um, so easily besets you. Mm. It's the sin that stirs up, you know, out of your own heart and out of your own mind. It's the thing that so easily draws you away. Um, so those are the, you know, kind of the things that we're talking about. Now, of course, that Westminster Shorter Catechism answer is, is beautiful, and that's even coming from a Baptist. So, so Thank you. Well, t- yeah, well done. Well done, Presbyterians. <laughs> well done. Um, here's a quote from, from uh, Johnny Owen yeah. out of The Mortification of Sin. There is not a day that goes by that sin either foils or is foiled that it either wins or loses and it will be this way all the while we live in this world. Mm-hmm. But that's a great quote. Yeah. Um, again, the, the battle with sin, it is ongoing. And if you are not mortifying it, if you're not seeking ways to kill it in your life, it will right. be killing you. Yep. yep. That's two. That's yep. two times. That's twice. Yeah, right. We need a little ticker. <laughs> I know, a little ticker. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> We could cut in a soundbite of Grayson saying, hit the nail right on the head every time we say that. (laughs) That would be perfect. That would be perfect. Yeah. Sin will always uh, aim to pull you away from God and to pull you away from his people. So I think, you know, when you have a sense of, when you have a sense of danger, like the danger of sin, this becomes more important to you, you know? Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, the celebrity pastor, you know, kind of thing. I mean, bring it back even from that. I think if you've walked with Christ any length of time, you probably know somebody personally whose life has been wrecked by sin. Maybe it's been you, a spouse, a loved one, your pastor, somebody in your congregation that sin starting as a little seed in their life was not dealt with. It was not mortified and it grew and grew and mm. grew and finally took more of the person than they probably ever expected and utterly wrecked them. Uh, mm. You know, one of the things that we say quite often is, you know, sin is not your friend. Uh, sin is not interested in, you know, helping you or uh, even making you happy, which is so often the lie. Yeah. Uh, sin is the thing that is always trying to pull you away from God. It's the thing that's always trying to pull you away from his people. It lies to you. It desensitizes you. Um, the most outrageous sins um, no longer, I would say societally, no longer seem scandalous as the Christian consensus has slipped away. Well, I, I would say, I think that's true in a reality. Like it, if someone is lost in sin, yeah, right. Sin is a way of desensitizing. And I think James one, 14 to 15, even on a personal level kind of speaks to this. Then James one, 14 to 15, excuse me. Then desire when it is conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth. Brings death. Death. It's like this idea right. of it growing. Mm-hmm. It may start off small, like this fine, this small, right. Um, Compromise. It's know, never whatever. contained. The, yeah. That's yeah. That, I mean, yeah. And that's grows, the thing. Is, right. 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 Is I would say. So when, when I was just, I just said my catchphrase. I would say, uh, <laughs> when I preached uh, in Romans eight here just just recently on Romans uh, eight twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen, um, 
our duty toward our sin is not to excuse it. It's not to nurture it. It's not to manage it. And so many people believe that they are managing their sin and saying like, well, it's, it's gone this far, but I'm not going to let it go any further. I mean, what a, what a weak understanding of sin that is for you to say, I'm controlling my sin. I don't remember who it was. It might've been Matt Chandler or somebody who, who gave that illustration, um, which I just love because I remember as a kid, I loved that show when animals attack, you know? I don't uh, think I've remember, ever seen that. Do you remember show? that show? It was like it I've was like it. one of like Animal Planet's, you know, big shows. And it was all these, you know, it was like America's Funniest Home Videos, but with more animals <laughs> attacking people and less laugh tracks. So uh, <laughs> so no, but it was like, you know, it was it was the classic thing. It was tourists, you know, at Yellowstone, right. you know, getting five feet within a a, a bison. Uh, the, the lion tamers, you know, walking around with the lion, and then the lion just turns and mauls them, you know? Uh, Sounds that, lovely. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These were the kinds of things that my parents did not filter out of my childhood <laughs> viewing for whatever. It was, hey, it was the 80s and 90s, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, so many people think of their sin like that. They think that they're controlling it, much like that, you know person that's posing for a magazine ad with with a lion how they think they have the lion under control and any second it will just turn and devour you know yeah yeah um so again sin's not like that that whole aspect of when it's conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it's fully grown it brings forth death i mean what a graphic picture yeah so your goal is this seed of sin needs to be killed before it kills you. Is that three? No, I said it a little different. Okay. I turned it. I, t- <laughs> I purposely <laughs> turned it around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but you're right. Sin kills us. If it's yeah. not mortified, it right. will kill you. So again, right. listener, I, I, and I'm saying this as much to me, as much to Blake, yeah. as much to anyone who can hear my voice, yeah. do not give sin a foothold. Yeah. And we, and we actually, it, between us, right. You, me and Grace said, we, we say that quite often when we hear about brothers and sisters who fall into things Yeah, and we say, Lord, protect us from our own stupidity. Yeah. Like we're not beyond, like we know, like if there's anything you should know about yourself, it's that you are susceptible to, to falling, but by God's grace, you will uh, remain fastly fixed to him, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what else does sin do? Kills us. Yeah. Yeah. Weakens, darkens the soul. Um, Yeah. The wages of sin is death. I loved that what you put in the notes there, Jack, of sin creates idols that replace our dependency upon God. Mm. That's like the catchphrase of Western society. Yeah. I mean, right what's there. that famous thing Calvin said? Our, our hearts are idle factories. Like, yeah, right. Right. You know, we're just constantly doing idols. It. Yeah. We're just right. constantly looking for things to shift our dependency upon God. And that too right. needs to be put to death. Right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's shift gears a little bit and uh, talk about how we actually do it. Um, and to kind of prepare for this, cause I put this, I, I put this outline together I listed out some text here. I'm just going to read the the verses, and I think throughout the 
the podcast will we'll read and quote several of these texts. But if you're taking yeah. notes, I don't know any, why anyone would do that. But if you are, you can, you can <laughs> jot these down, to, I guess. Hey, good on you, note taker. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah. That yeah. is a true concern, biblical scholar. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're winning Bible <laughs> trivia at your, at your, your get-togethers, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. Um, so we'll look at we'll look at Scripture. There's a great text here in kind of what I'll call quote unquote our main text in Colossians two is a great guide. And then of course we'll we'll reference Owen a lot because again his book on this is truly, yeah, it's a manual. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. It, it is yeah. legitimately a a must read. It should that book should be at everyone's library. It should be something we. I, re- I read it probably every other year. Yeah. Um, I think I've read it a half dozen to a dozen times now. So yeah. um, it should just be one of those books if you've never read it. Uh, but some great texts. We've already quoted kind of some of these and around some of these. But Romans 8, 13, Romans 13, 8 through 14, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 7, 1, 1 John 2, 28 through 3, 11. And all these texts are basically talking about killing sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me go ahead and read... Let me open up. I forgot to get my Bible open here. Give me just a second. But I'll go ahead and read our main text, which is, unless you've got it ready, Blake, uh, Colossians 2. I'm um, I've got the app pulling up here. Sorry, listener. Colossians 2, 20 through 317. Yeah, and I, I added the last verse there at 2, 20. Um, Do you want me to read it? Yeah. So my... <laughs> I like so opened up my need, app. And, if well, you can imagine, if Grayson was here, he'd be just filling in all this space. He would have had right this here. verse read already. Yep, yep, right out of his mind. Yes, he even had to have read it. <laughs> verse twenty, uh, and then you want to go through three seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah. Whew, okay, stretching the voice here. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to the things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Chapter 3. If, then, you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, that you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, Uh, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, 
as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in the word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. So one of the things, so I, I put in there, and one of the reasons I asked you to go back and kind of read starting at 20, there's this interesting little, as you before he gets into three, Paul makes a point that there, the, the things that these believers were doing, which some, mm-hmm. I've read some commentators that think these might be newer believers, right? Mm-hmm. The things that they're doing have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Right. So he, so he says this, right? He says you're no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And then when he gets into three, it's this whole beautiful section of scripture about putting on the new self. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, verse five, put to death, therefore, what is earthly. And he goes through this long list and then put on right. then. Right. But what you have here in this text, if you look kind of at the, looking at this set up from the end of two going into three, you have this really incredible pattern to model of how you can kill sin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it will walk through this, but kind of section one, there's this, there's this idea of know our identity in Christ. And he says, if you've been raised with Christ, seeks the thing. You know, he talks about if, you, this is, if this is you. So know your identity in Christ. And then he gets into put to death, therefore, what is earthly. And he goes through this long list of right. like, these things not to do. He says, and he's basically saying deal with all sin. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then three, he talks about putting on the spirit and, right. uh, and, and living in that. But, you know, so looking, looking in more detail, how do you mortify you know, if you look at this text and kind of look how uh, Owen does a great job of of taking this and, and all those texts in Romans eight and kind of combining it and walking through it, right? What, what you what you get here is this 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 how to manual of what to do it between this text and in other places in Scripture, and of course, Owen helps. But I'd say mm-hmm. step one. So how do you mortify sin, right? To begin, and we we talked about sin at the beginning of this. I think it's really important that we understand. And you understand the weight of your sin before a holy God. Right. Yeah. Right. And that it, and it, that it doesn't become complacent. Like you don't become complacent in that, you know? Right. I would. Right. Jack, would you say that you are complacent to tornadoes living in Tulsa? Do you, do you want an honest answer? Or, yes. Or yeah. I, sp- I feel like I'm going to mess up your analogy. No, no. <laughs> I don't pay that close of attention to. I mean, right. So that that is what I'm saying. Now, oh, okay. if I came to visit you, and like the, I don't even know. Is there like a tornado warning? Like a alarm goes off. Yeah, you get the little sign. Please move to your house. Right. <laughs> Windy death is coming. So to me, I would be like Jack. We need to go to wherever you Oklahoma people go to be away from this tornado. But it seems like every time I talk to somebody from Oklahoma, um. It's like, oh yeah, it's just, it's just part of life. Like we don't even, you know, unless yeah. the neighbor's house is flipping over, we're not really concerned about it, you know. Yes, we, we so would like be concerned some, if that right, were the case. Right. 
But from yeah. like an outsider, it's like an outsider. It's terrifying. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 So I said all that to say that I as an Oregonian understand tornadoes better than you do, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I think you do. You're making me feel like I'm I'm complacent, complacent with, with impending danger, but but no, you make a good point. You make a good point. Um, But, but I think, but I think to go back to, so one of my favorite texts in all of scripture is Isaiah six and just the beginning of Isaiah six, one through five. And in my, you know, what I put here in the outline is, if you want, if you feel like you're not dealing with sin, pray and ask God for wisdom, mm-hmm. right? And pray for what I would say in his Isaiah six experience, maybe not exactly, but, but maybe exactly. I don't know. Maybe you <laughs> want that, but so, so let me, let me read that real quick. So in the year that King Uzziah died, this is Isaiah six, one through five. Right. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to one another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for I have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Mm-hmm. And I just love that text. Mm-hmm. Love that text. Mm-hmm. But what you have here is you, Isaiah in an incredible vision uh, moment sees the holiness of God in himself put before it. And, the, and then the glory, majesty of God, all that he can say is, woe is me for I am lost. I am undone. Like I am ripped mm-hmm. apart. I am, I am nothing. Right. Ascension is what he's saying, because in that moment he got an unfiltered glimpse of his soul and his sin before a holy and just God. Hmm. And, and I think if you want to fight sin, if I want to fight sin, if we want to fight sin as believers in Christ, we have to stay there to a point, Blake, like we've got to, yeah. Yeah. we have to meditate on the seriousness, the seriousness of sin and recognize that, that's true. Right. Isaiah's situation is true for him and it's true for me. And the only thing, the only hope I have is Christ. Right. And that's ultimately what it what it took to fix this, to bridge this gap was God sending his son. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I think that's There's where just, you have to start. Yeah. And again, that proper view of sin is so serious that there are men and women who are dying and will stand before a just and holy God and will be cast into hell for an eternity, which is the reasonable punishment for crimes against an eternal God. And uh, we just take it so... uh, I say we, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. That we take it with such lightness, you know. Yeah. We excuse, we excuse uh, our sin. You know, we say things like, "Well, that's just the way I am," or, you know, "I'm Irish," or "That's the way my family is." We're spirited, you know. We don't have an anger problem. We're spirited, you know. Uh, you know, we deflect our sin uh, instead mm-hmm. of owning up to it. We say, you know, well, so and so is the one with the real problem. You know, they're the ones that you know 
caused me to do this. It's, it's the Adam sin, you know, the woman whom you gave to me, right. uh, you know, uh, the, deflecting it. Um, you know, there's that, there's that, that, um, trying to, to trying to soothe over sin by saying things like, well, we're all sinners. Well, after all, everybody sins as if somehow that makes your sin okay or acceptable, uh, you know, as if God's grading on a scale where, right. you know, you are, you're the, the good one and that, you know, everybody else's sin is the bad. And, and have you ever noticed that everyone always puts themselves on the, on the good side of the, of the sinners, right? <laughs> I thank God that I'm not like that. Sinner yeah, over there, right. yeah, you know? yeah. 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 I'm glad I'm not like that guy, you know? Yeah. You know, so we excuse our sin again. We, uh, we nurture it. We give it opportunities. Uh, we give, you know, we're commanded to give no foothold to the devil, yeah, And yet I wonder if we sat back and really took an honest evaluation of our lives as individuals, how many footholds we would find that are well-worn and well-used by the devil uh, to get all kinds of, you know, destruction uh, into our life. And that, uh, and that a small foothold has now become a well-beaten path uh, yeah. of, of wickedness in, in our own lives, in our own hearts and in our own minds. Again, we're not called to nurture sin. We're not called to feed it. We're not called to try to manage it and care for it and contain it. We are called to mortify, to put it to death, which is a Amen. graphic, a graphic, graphic, uh, a picture. And if we don't have a proper understanding of sin, we will not be driven to do that. If we don't have a proper yeah. understanding of the consequences of sin or the cost of sin, that the son that's of God, a big one. Yeah, that's that the son of God had to die to redeem men. Sin is so serious yeah. and so deadly, such an awful, heinous disease that it took the son of God becoming man, dying on a cross yep. to overcome it. Here's a quote from Owen. There should be no room in your heart for thoughts that extenuate or excuse it. Talking about sin mm -hmm. through which sin unfelt gain strength and prevails. Right. Listen, you need to feel sin. Yeah. You need to feel the weight of sin, of what it cost. And it testifies to the perversity of sin. That yeah. it never, again, that it, it, it doesn't just rest neutral. And that yeah. when we excuse our sin, sin is actually prevailing, right? It's not a stalemate. It's a, uh, it's, it's where sin is actually prevailing over us. Yes. Uh, the uh, consider the evil implications of continuing in heinous sin. So not only is there the you know the ancillary consequences they can ruin your life, your job, your your children, your testimony, your spouse. Your I mean, sin can take so much from you if not dealt with. But perhaps the most severe consequence uh, is what Paul implies in Ephesians four thirty: grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Hmm. That if you as a believer, if you are a believer, then of course, you know, you are the temple of God where the Holy Spirit re resides and to grieve the Holy Spirit, to, to, to submit your members as members of wickedness hmm. uh, actually grieves his person. Yeah, that's heavy. That is so heavy. As it should be. 
As it should be. That's right. Right. Yeah. So this, this past Sunday, I was teaching Sunday school. And uh, I actually didn't have this prepared. This isn't in the outline, but you made me think of Sunday it. Sunday cool. Sunday cool, yeah. Go to Sunday school, people. Yes, go to Sunday school. Be one of the cool kids. Don't You're not be square, too cool be there. for Sunday school. Was that on, is that on the board outside your <laughs> – it should be. It should be. Um, but one of the, So two things really quick, and I don't want to spend a lot of time in this, but to talk about the, the discussion, we were talking about – a couple of questions in the Heidelberg Catechism, but I was looking at the Ligonier State of Theology survey that they do every couple of years. And in 2022, they asked a number of questions and um, question, I forget what number it was, but the question that they just asked to general public, everyone is, it's question slash statement saying, do you agree or not agree with? Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. And they asked professing Christians, 70% of professing Christians say everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. 66% say everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Hmm. Um, and then uh, here's another one. God counts a person righteous, not because of one works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. And that was only 57%. Wait, re wait, say that one again. So statement or, yeah. or kind of the question, the way they phrase it. Okay. God yeah. counts a person righteous, not because of one works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. And thankfully it was a majority, but, only 57% of the people. 57 is not much of a majority. It's not, it's not much majority. <laughs> right. right. Um, right. And then the other thing here, I, I, to kind of maybe the last comment we'll make on the seriousness of sin. This is a great quote by Charles Spurgeon. Um, Too many think lightly of sin and therefore think lightly of the Savior. Right. He who has stood before his God convicted and condemned with the rope about his neck is the man to weep for joy when he is pardoned yeah. to hate the evil, which has been forgiven him and to live to the honor of the redeemer by whose blood he has been cleansed. It's so a beautiful good. quote. So good. Yeah. That's a great Baptist right there, Blake. If only, we, that's the Baptist we should all strive to be <laughs> right there. I, yeah. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. He's you know, I, yeah. Yeah. It, it just, again, I, I, your love, your love for Christ I, I do think relies much upon not maybe not totally, but much upon your understanding of the severity of your sin of, yeah. of what you have been forgiven of um, and all of that. So yeah. step one in, in mortification uh, is we're kind of walking along the steps here is, you know, you need to recognize your sin for what it is. Right. And then secondly, you need to repent and to recognize the work of Christ and the work of the spirit in your life. Because what we're not saying here, I think Jack would agree with this is we're not saying, well, you just, you just need to try harder. Like if you're, if you're wanting to mortify sin, you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and try. It does not work. I can right. say from experience, right. That doesn't work. So there's, there's, there's an aspect here where the fruits of the spirit must flourish they must flourish if you are going to see those seeds of sin choked out in your life. Okay. There's that principle that until your love of Christ and the flourishing of the fruits of the spirit, until those surpass your love of sin, you will not see mortification. Hmm. So along that thought, 
take it away, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if, if fruits, and I would, I would completely agree. If fruits of the yeah. spirit are required, we need to know that only believers can truly mortify spin because you require the spirit of God. Like, right. That has to be there. Right. So if you, right. Are, if you are not in Christ, yeah. you are not indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and therefore you are completely right. incapable of mortifying sin. Right. So those in the flesh cannot. That's right. Please God. Yes, yes. So know that only believers can truly mortify sin. And if not, that's the first place to start. So if that's you, step one, ignore what we – well, don't ignore what we just said about sin. But know that you need to repent. Like, yeah, repent and repent believe and the believe, gospel. Yeah, repent yeah. and believe the gospel. That yeah. is foundational, right? Yeah. Um, because that that is where you need to, to, to begin to truly mortify spin, uh, sin. Excuse me, And then consider – Deeply consider as we, if you've talked as much as we've talked about meditating on the seriousness of your sin, mm-hmm. meditate and deeply consider the work of Christ and the power of the Spirit. Uh, because as you said, true mortification requires supernatural help. I love John fifteen five. I am. This is Jesus talking. I am the vine; you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. You know and what that tells me? That tells that? me that it's not enough to just hate your sin. You must hate your sin and you must be abiding in Christ. Yeah. Like you must like you must love Christ. It's not enough to just say, Well, I hate my sin. There's lots of people who hate sin and consequences of sin. There's lots of people in cults and things that would attest to the depravity of sin and things like that. Yeah. But it's not just it's not just the single action of hating your sin. You must also have the spirit indwelling and being abiding in Christ as well, which is where we get to the fruits of the spirit, which I believe in this issue is the all important factor yeah, is we'll the fruits it. of the spirit. Yeah. Take it. Read that text. Cause there's, a- yeah, yeah. So Galatians five sixteen through 25, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, which is exactly what you're talking about, right? We're talking yeah. about the satisfied, the, 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 uh, the desires of the flesh running amok in your life. So if you're not looking to gratify those, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. So there, again, little rabbit yeah. trail, you can't live one foot in the world and one foot in godliness, right? Like you are not going to be the person who gets to be the half-and-half half Christian that the world loves and is you know and adores Christ also those two things worldliness the uh, desires of the flesh they are directly opposed and set against yes the spirit for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are evident Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is. Now, again, I think what Paul is getting at here is you have all these fruits of the flesh. And for anyone who 
gardens. And I think actually Owen uses this as an illustration mm-hmm. uh, in the in the morphication of sin of the image in a garden of, of plants drowning each other out, you know, of, of yeah. taking the nutrients from the soil, absorbing the sunlight, shading out the other things. If you're wanting to see those those plants of immorality in your life drown out uh, and shriveled up and put away, there must be a flourishing of the fruits of the spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. So there we, so we've got that beautiful phrase. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and, I think you have it in the notes here, but that illustration that Owen uses of sin, mm-hmm. cruci- the man crucified, yeah, to me, oh, that is yeah. one of the best pictures of crucifying the flesh uh, that has ever been like it is incredible. By, yeah, it, yeah, it's it so is incredible. But we'll, we'll yeah. get to we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's a good teaser, Blake. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be premium content too. By that the is way. premium content. Yeah. You got to subscribe to get that quote. Right, right. Or you can read the the book, I guess. That's true. Uh, <laughs> um, but and, and so, kind of wrap up point two here. So, repent. Step two: re- repent, and recognize the work of Christ and the Spirit in your life. Mm-hmm. Know that the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, continually point you back to the power of the cross. Right. They draw you back to it. The Spirit. As, as that imagery of the garden being uh, the weeds being choked out by the good fruit, like this idea the, in doing that, the spirit works on our wills, our consciences, our desires. Um, and he encourages us to mortify and oppose the flesh. And uh, again, I'll begin this section as I started it. Any effort to mortify sin without the aid of Christ and the spirit will fail. Yeah, it's 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 do it'll fail. It's just because this can't is do it. this is spiritual work. Yeah, it's spiritual yes. work. Yep. Yes. Okay, so step three. So step one again. In summary, understand the weight of of your sin before a holy God. Step two, repent and recognize the work of Christ and the Spirit in your life. And then step three. Here's the fun part: active the- mortification. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Activate mortification. <laughs> yeah. Just start killing. Yeah. Start killing sin. Everything. Right? Yeah. Every, yes. All the sin in your life, just killing spree. I, I imagine. So I love like old Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and stuff like that. <laughs> from when I was a kid, there's a scene. You ever seen Commando? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like one of the no. worst. Equal, also the best. But there's like this scene where. <laughs> I guess he's like going to the bad guy's hideout. I can't remember. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. But, right. And there's like 70 guys on this roof, like all yeah. over the place. Yeah. And he's got this giant machine gun, and he's standing behind like a box hedge. Right. And he's <laughs> that's all he's got in front of him is like a box hedge. It's that hedge of protection that you read about. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is such a meme that needs to be made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's just like tearing down all these... 70, 80, 90 guys, whatever it is. <laughs> right, right. And he's like un, unscathed, right? Yeah, because right. of this. Because of this. Because uh, of the hedge of protection. Hedge, the hedge of yeah. protection. So. Yeah, right. But you need to have that mentality, right? Um, and go after sin. Like, yeah. just kill it. 
It's a take no um, prisoners. And that's and that and, and actually and Owen brings that out in the book, which again, if you haven't read it, you should read it. Is that it really is that picture of Arnold gunning down the seventy guys. Because yeah. it's because we don't have in us the ability to just singularly focus on one sin to mortify and just say, well, I'm just going to ignore like these other sins and I'm just going to focus in on this one sin. Like all sin, as it is brought to your attention in your life, all has to be mortified. Yeah. Like you can't compartmentalize it. Right. And that may seem overwhelming. Which is why you need the spirit. Which is why you need the spirit and know that Christ is has made up all that is lacking. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and again, Paul says this. We we that kind of main text we talk about in in Colossians three. He says, "Put to death what is put to death what is, therefore what is earthly in you." And then he goes through this long list of things. Right? Sexual morality, impurity, passion, mm-hmm. evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Like all these things on the account of these, wrath is coming. Right? So that. Kill it all is what he's saying there. Right. Um, and he even recognizes, it, though, that this is not an eradication of sin because the right. full eradication is brought about when you step from this life Absolutely. into the next. And so Absolutely. we have, again, almost built into this this promised work. And not almost. It is. This promised work of, like, this is a daily habitual weakening of sin that is taking place in the believer's life. And by God's grace, sin will grow weaker and weaker as your affections for Christ grow and grow. Um, Mm. If we leak it, if we weaken the lust of the flesh, it struggles, it revolts against us. It kicks back, it bites back. uh, And sometimes even the weaker the flesh is, the harder it is uh, for it to provoke or, to entice us. So you can imagine why it's important for sin to be weakened in your life because it has less strength to do what it wants to do. And you choke it um, out. Right, right. Choke and we should out. Yeah, and we should no longer I <laughs> Okay. So I was in college, right? <laughs> um so, Anytime someone starts a story like that, yeah, like yeah. That look when on you your say, face. Like, yeah, when you say choke it out, and somebody says, "Well, I was in college." <laughs> yeah, there was, you know, one of the because you know, our guys' dorm, you know, it, one of the most popular things was just having these like wrestling matches, you know, yeah, like and it, people would set it up like you know there'd be like sumo matches, like people would do that. There would be like actual like you know tap out matches and, and things like that, and. I remember the first time everyone remembers the first time they've ever been in a triangle choke, but you know, you're not going anywhere. Right. That was, that was awful. And that's what brought to my mind, you know, when you're choking there you out go. sin, there's there, cause there's something else you, you just have to tap. There's nothing else you can do. Right? No, yeah. You're done. Anyway, you can cut that out later, Jack. <laughs> no, <it's> <laughs> it has no, nothing to do with anything. Right. Well, let's, let's, since you gave your example, let's live Owen, give his, his illustration. Well, no, that's not a fair comparison. <laughs> I take it back. I take your, it back. Yours, yeah. yours was very good. No, that um, was actually Owen's illustration. Here's my illustration. Oh, here's Blake's. This is, yeah, right, this right. is, from, <laughs> this is from Blake. And, th- and this is that quote that Blake referenced a minute ago. Yeah. When a man is nailed to the cross, he struggles and toils at first. 
He cries out with great strength and might, but as his blood and vitality waste away, his efforts become fainter and fewer. His cries become low and hoarse, scarcely audible. In the same way, when a man first sets out to deal with a lust or a compulsion, it struggles with great violence to break loose. It cries with all seriousness and patience to be satisfied and relieved. But when mortification spills its blood and vitality, it moves more seldom and more faintly. It cries out sparingly and is hardly heard in the heart. Sometimes it may have a dying outburst of great vigor and strength, but that is quickly over, especially if it is kept from any meaningful success. Man. So good. That, that see, is so good. Again, that's one of those things that you read and you're like, I've never had an intelligent thought. <laughs> like I've never, I've never said anything or thought anything that was cool at all. Every time yeah. I read Owen, I'm like, even the abridged stuff, I'm like, I am yeah. so dumb. Yeah, like, right. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so anyway, so you want to choke sin out. Yeah. Fight it. Uh, habitually weaken it. He says yeah. that a lot. Crucify the, the flesh is the illustration. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. put it to death. Right. Uh, and, and because we can never completely eradicate it, unfortunately, we have to constantly fight and contend against it. Yep. But we are. I say unfortunately because it's hard work. But we right. are empowered by the Spirit. Christ is there with us. Um, so be encouraged with that, but never stop fighting and putting to death the flesh. Yep. Um, if you're kind of new in the faith, uh, you'll notice that this process may begin more broadly and then work more prescriptively. Uh, for example, like pride. You may say, I feel prideful, right? And you can begin to work on that and put it together. And as, and as you get older and you become more sanctified and more aware You'll find that you become, you'll see the sin of pride, but you'll have very specific examples, and you'll 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 see it in very nuanced ways that you wouldn't have seen maybe you know ten, fifteen, twenty years earlier. And that's right, because right. over the lifetime, and uh, and I think this is something that Owen talks a lot about, and I think it's great. He he uh, quotes a couple of verses here, but study your enemy. The more you study the sin, the indwelling sin within you, the more apt you will be to compete, compete against it. And I think again, against Arnold, I don't remember exactly, but when he went onto that Island, I'm pretty sure he knew what he was getting into. Yeah. He right. knew where that hedge was that he needed yeah. to stand behind. <laughs> right. Right. For, for all safety. <laughs> but I, I, I kid, yeah. but study yeah, your enemy, right? right? How does, how does sin entice you? What right. tools, what things does your flesh use? What paths, what methods, what, what things are right. in front of you that entice right. you? I think, I think too. So I'll, I'll interject here where I think sometimes we try to actually, uh, this is a spiritual matter, which we know, but I think we can hyper spiritualize it to a fault. Yeah. Like we would be foolish to say that there's, you know, no patterns or that there's no prompts to sin. I mean, the importance of knowing your particular weakness, like what is the, like the things that beset you, mm. um, the importance of knowing like what things are, like, what are they, uh, what things bring those on, uh, you know, those temptations on, like, is it a certain 
people that you're around? Is it certain activities? Is it certain times of day? I mean, look at, look at everything. Like look at the patterns of the things that you're, you know, wrestling with. And that's yeah, everything. Find your from, triggers, right? Yeah. That's everything from sexual immorality to gossiping to, un, you know, to unthankfulness. I mean, whatever, I mean, whatever the thing is, I mean, sit down, have an honest assessment. What are the steps that I take in my journey toward this sin. And if you can identify those things, it will go a long way in actually helping you uh, see some conquest over that sin. So again, Absolutely. study your enemy. Your enemy knows you very well. Very well. He knows all your weaknesses. All those little footholds. If there's a little yes. foothold, it'll be you know right there. So... Where are your weaknesses? Yeah. Uh, you need to keep your enemy in front of you at all times. Uh, you know the psalmist says in Psalm fifty-one three, "My sin is ever before me." Now, again, this isn't a, this isn't a morbid introspection or anything like that. We see we know that there's victory over sin in Christ. This isn't even necessarily dwelling on sins of the past or things like that. But you need to be aware. You need to be on the night watch. You know, you your enemy is actively searching for you. I, this has been said a thousand different ways, a thousand different times, but you don't have to be looking for sin or, you know, you don't have to be looking for trouble. Trouble's looking for you, right? Yeah. Uh, so you need to be, you need to be alert. You need to have those, those things, you know, before you, um, you need to continually be aiming to kill sin. That is to put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? Colossians three, five, yeah. And live in the gospel, right? So mm -hmm. again, like you said, not to dwell morbidly on it. Um, he here's another Owen quote that again, is just great. Uh, bring your lust to the gospel, not for relief, but for further conviction of its guilt. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Look unto Christ whom you, and this and what he's getting at here is uh, seeking help in how you do this, right? Not to meditate right. on it, but look at it through the lens of the cross. Look, look on Christ whom you pierced and be bitter. Say to your soul, what have I done? What love, what mercy, what blood, what grace have I despised and trampled on? Mm. Is this how I respond to the Father for his love, to the Son for his blood, and to the Holy Ghost for his grace? He goes on, right? In, in the interest of time, I won't, I won't keep reading it. Uh, but you know that in keep, Christ you you're, should keep reading it. You want me to keep reading right. it? Yeah, yeah, man. That's Okay. Yeah. All right. Is how this how I bridge? How can you abridge Owen, who's <laughs> already abridged? <laughs> who's already <laughs> <the extra>. abridged? <laughs> it's a double abridgment. Yeah. This is Twitter Owen right here. This is Twitter. Got this so is many absolutely. characters. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll keep going. So, yeah. um, and to the ghost, the Holy Ghost for his grace. Is this how I repay the Lord? Have I defiled the heart that Christ died to wash? And is the blessed, blessed spirit in that the blessed spirit is chosen to dwell in? And can I keep myself out of the dust? And what can I say to the dear Lord Jesus? How can I hold my head up with any courage before him? Do I consider communion with him of so little value that for the sake of this vile lust, I have left little room for him in my heart? How will I escape judgment if I neglect salvation in this way? I've never had a good thought, Blake. I'd right for the jugular. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So yeah. As we were as we were talking about this earlier, and we were talking about you know the time restraints that we were worried about, you know, me and Jack's brightest thought 
was just to send each other the Michael Jordan gif, you know, stop it, get some help. You know? <laughs> so that's our, that's the summation of our, uh, how do you do a sin? Michael Jordan gift. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Get some help. Get some help. Yeah. And then Owen. Says <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the listener, all that to say, like he's saying that to draw you to the cross. Think of that. Learn to hate your sin and fight against it. Know that in Christ, your sins are forgiven. Don't live in despair. Feel right. the weight of your sin, but feel the weight of your sin through the lens of the cross. Uh, Hebrews 4, 16 through 14. Since then, we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in a time of need. Mm. Yep. Both of those things can be true. You can hate your sin, right. feel unbelievable weight and conviction, yeah. and feel and have, wonderful relief. And have full confidence and in have the full work of confidence. Christ. Yeah. 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 Right. It seems exactly. paradoxical, but it is not. Right, right. Uh, you know, there's an aspect of this um, of this mortification of, of training that goes into it as well. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know... That in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run, that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Hmm. So yeah, we are Paul's to, training. He's training yeah. his body. Right. Yeah, and to be brought into submission to, you know, have all of all of us, mind, body, brought into submission to Christ. Uh, we are to guard ourselves against uh, future sins. Second uh, Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lusts. Uh, we need to react swiftly against the first uh, sign of sin rising up within us. Um, have you ever seen those um, videos? I, I think sometimes they're like prank videos where it'll be like an outside, like security camera of like an outside diner and they'll get like 10 people to run by like scared. Have mm -hmm. you ever seen those? Yeah. And then yeah. like, and then like other people will like jump up and they don't even know why they're running, but they'll just start <laughs> running, you know, like yeah. everybody else is running. I must also have run. Like there must be like some kind of a danger there. Um, I was saying to you, maybe we need to be a little more skittish, uh, with, with sin, yeah. uh, that there needs to be, you know, some of that reaction. Um, I would submit that an overreaction an over skittishness, uh, is better than a, um, an overly lax. Absolutely. Approach, Absolutely. Uh, over, overly lax approach to sin. James one 14 through 15, but each person is tempted. When he's lured and enticed by his own desire, then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Yeah. Get it in its infantile stages. Yeah. Don't let it fully grow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was step three, active mortification. And I, you know, we talked about making this two podcasts. I think 
I think we'll wrap it up. I think we'll wrap this one up because we're we've got super podcast, super podcast. What time but, is it right now? I don't even know. Uh, we're about a minute, an hour, hour. Sorry, an hour and seven minutes. So Ooh. I think we can wrap this up pretty quick here because that oh was my. the bulk of it. Yeah. But all that to say, there's so much more that we could talk about in actively mortifying. Sin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, e- even just practical ways. And so maybe sometime we can come back and do a practical podcast on. Uh, practical ways to mortify. Sin. Not that I mean, this is impractical, though. No, 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 right? it's not. I mean, I'm just yeah, saying, like, very, yeah, very Stop direct. It. Get things. some help. Stop it. Get some help. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, right. There's the podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, step four. So step three was active mortification. Uh, step four, step four is kind of an evolving of step three, but it's proactive mm-hmm. protection and guarding. Mm-hmm. And again, that Colossians text gives us um, a lot of things to build up on here. Uh, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it rule in your hearts. Let that take preeminence. Continually, if you want to protect yourself after you've started the process of mortifying sin, uh, continually meditate on the glory and greatness of God. And I'll add, do things and be around people that stir affections for God. Yeah. Yes. Be around other believers. That's a, a push to community. Like, be in church. Be around believers. Right. Listen to music, podcasts, TV, whatever it is. Yeah. Things that stir affections for God and, and weed out things that don't. Right. That stir affections for the flesh right. or entice right. the flesh. Right. Yeah. You need to, yeah, you need to refine your, your appetite uh, yep. for, for godly things. I, I think you think about how much your appetites have changed since you were a kid, hopefully, you know. I mean, the back in the day, the, the pinnacle yeah. of, of fine culinary experience was the Happy Meal, you know. But no self-respecting adult is going to say that now, uh, right? <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, like, but, but things, but you have, you have like greater affections now, as you should. You should have greater affections now. I, this, yeah. this issue of mortification, again, the, the thriving of the fruits of the Spirit – but facilitating a love for Christ that drowns out all other loves. I mean, when you see Christ rightly, the happy meal that's being offered by the world mm. has no appeal. It, it has no appeal because it's, I, I have a greater thing. Why would I substitute the best thing for this, you know, this thing over here? Yeah. Uh, and so that that whole um, thing of, of, of meditating on the glory and the greatness of God, uh, having your affection stirred uh, by Christ and who you are in Him and uh, what He has done on your behalf and His person, um, then what you said, you know, being around others who also will help you stir your affections, yeah, toward Christ, and maybe you're like. Maybe you're in like in some friend groups where maybe you don't have a lot of spiritual conversations and things. Maybe you should be the person who gets those things going, you know, yeah. break through, yeah. break through the awkwardness and, uh, you know, get down to brass tacks. It, it's so much better than talking about the weather. It is for sure. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause that's exactly how this podcast started. What? We talked about the weather, Grayson's weather. That's true. That is true. We did. And then we talked about tornadoes. And then we talked about what a, what a shallow friendship we have, Jack. <laughs> right, right, Man, right. we we've got to do better. How about those neighbors? Re- huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Colossians three sixteen a. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. 
simply yeah. put, study scripture. Yep. Fill yeah. your heart with scripture. Fill your mind mm-hmm. with scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. second half of that verse, 16b, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And this whole uh, section of scripture, the context is about being in community with one another. So be with yeah. believers. Go to church. The more time you are with people who share this vision and this goal, the less time you give yourself to uh, listen to the flesh and satisfy the desires of the flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just simply put, like, right. The more time you're in church, the less time you're looking at bad things on the internet. Yeah, right, right. I mean, right, there is, you know, right there, there isn't, there is an aspect again of it's that old, you know, idle hands of the devil's workshop. Yep. You know, if you're filling your time with good things, it is reasonable that you will have less time for bad things. If you are filling your mind with godly thoughts, you will have less opportunity for wicked thoughts. I mean, it, that's just, that's just reasonable. It's just common sense. Yeah. 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 It's just reasonable. All right. Close this out, Jack. All right. So a cu- couple, a couple final thoughts here. Uh, a few things on what mortification isn't. I think we, and I put this in here. I think actually we've touched on these mm. uh, throughout the episode, but uh, so we're talking, we're encouraging you obviously to mortify sin. So what isn't mortification? Clearly mortification is not casual kind of passive right. repentance. Right. Right. It is a change of life. Right. It is a focus empowered by the Holy Spirit to turn away from and kill the things of mm. the flesh that you have been yep. uh, so easily ensnared with. Yeah. Um, it is not repenting of some sins, but not others. We talked about the right. importance of going after all sin and um, not just to avoid this error. I actually don't hear this come up much, but Paul talked about this heresy. You know, sinning that grace may abound. Like yeah. I sin because grace is grace may abound. Right. That's right. heresy. Paul talks against that. Yeah. Um, no, we don't want to do that. So right. um, that's pretty much it. Any, any other? Are, oh, go you ahead. know, on the on the subject. So it, when Owen writes in uh, mortification of sin, particularly on the uh, what mortification isn't, uh, one of the points that he brings out is mortification is not just uh, the possession of a gentler nature uh, mm. is one of the he things does, that, yeah. He, yeah, that he brings out. Yeah. So it's that um, where it's not just, well, I have a gentler nature. Like I'm not prone to outbursts of anger, um, but I'm more prone to subtle sins, you know, things like envy, unbelief, mm-hmm. unthankfulness and stuff like that. So you can't just say like, well, I must be mortifying just because by nature I have just a more calm, you know, level kind of presence. Uh, I think he even calls it an advantage. I think he says, the yeah, word advantage right, is right. Like you have an yeah. advantage, but yeah, it's not good enough. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. I should have put yeah. that in the outline. Yeah. Um, that one, yeah, that other... one particularly hung in my mind too. Yeah. It's, it's, a, I it's don't a... have that. Ge- I don't have that advantage. Unfortunately, <laughs> starting from the bottom. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no. So, any other closing thoughts? I, I think we're kind of at the end here. Yeah, be killing sin, or it'll be killing you. That's right? four. Yeah, four. four. I thought we'd say least. it a lot more than that. Yeah. At least I was. I was self conscious of it. If we wouldn't, if we wouldn't have talked about it, we probably would have said it dozens of times constantly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. All right. Um, any, I guess that's it. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening again. If, if you've made it this far, uh, thank you. Uh, we encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
Yes. Uh, follow us on Facebook. We're pretty active on there. So if you have yeah. questions, message us. We'd be happy to to chat and engage and leave us a review. Leave us a, a five star review or or a, a one star review yeah. that reads like a five star review. <laughs> <laughs>